have a conversation here that I think I know there's a whole lot of people that have sort of lived this over the last couple of years. Unfortunately, and I mean, it's sad. And and I've said many times here on the show that what we've managed to do to our society in terms of the division that we've built in around this whole pandemic is going to last much, much longer than the pandemic is. Um, but, you know, regardless of the pandemic or not, certainly it's it's exacerbated things. But over the course of your life, you've you've undoubtedly had friends come and go. That That's the way life works as a human. Some stick around. It's rare. Kind of awesome. Like, I, I've known my best friend... Weasel, since we were four, right? We went to kindergarten together. Grew up in the same neighborhood. We're still friends to this day. So you're you're coming on close to 50 years now. Um, And as for as many years as Weasel and I have been buddies, there have been that many people and friends who come along for a time and are great friends and are great people. And for whatever reason, they're not as big a part of your life anymore. You, you, You drift apart or sometimes you fall apart dramatically. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways friendships end. But um that's the way it works. That's how it goes. And as I say, I think it's been sped up quite a bit through the course of this pandemic, which is sad. But when we talk about friendships ending, there's there's a few things we can dig into. We're going to chat now with um, Beverly Fair, who's a professor in social psychology at the University of Winnipeg. Beverly, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. And I'm very happy for you that you have had a best friend of that kind of duration. That is really rare and wonderful. It's it's amazing. I and mean, we, we think about it all the time and sort of realize that the fact that we've known each other for that long, let alone, but we've been really good friends for that long, too. And, you know, and he's moved away and I've moved away and we've maintained friendships. But as the friendship has gone on, Beverly, and I think this is part of it, sometimes we didn't talk to each other for maybe a year when he moved to the Maritimes or I moved to Saskatchewan. But when we came back and, you know, I mean, we we just pick up where we left off. Some friendships you can do that, but some you can't, right? Yes, and very often when people move away, despite people's best intentions, those friendships tend to wither. And uh, one thing the research suggests is that even though those friendships will wither, if you haven't formally ended the friendship, uh, then it can leave the door open to resuming it at a later time. So sometimes people feel that it's wrong to just let a friendship slide for a while and not actually officially end it. But if you don't officially end it, you always leave open the possibility that you could reconnect in the future. So it's not a bad thing necessarily, right? Right, exactly. That's what I think. But some friendships, as as you know, and we all know, end with conflict. They end with a bang. They don't just fade away. <laughs> they end dramatically yeah. and suddenly. I mean, I that's sort of inevitable, right? With 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 some relationships, you're going to have the alternative to just drifting apart. It'll be it'll be a conflict. Absolutely, it is inevitable that some friendships will just end with a bang, as you say, and that's most likely to happen when there's been a major betrayal of trust. So you might have entrusted a secret to a friend and wanted them to respect that and they might have shared it with someone else or your friend may have been disloyal and said something negative about you behind your back and those kinds of events will push people to actually end friendships and then during the pandemic um, and I we haven't seen this before the pandemic seemed to really highlight some fundamental differences in people's values. And you might not have realized before that 
you have a friend who is going to be opposed to vaccine mandates or might believe that COVID is a hoax or might be pushing really strongly for individual rights. And maybe if you're on the side of following the public health rules and believing in promoting the greater public good, uh, there can be real divisiveness over those issues. When they conflict with our core values, that makes it difficult to navigate in a friendship. So I guess you have a choice to make. If you find yourself in that position, you can spark the conflict, you can force the conflict, you can have the conversation, or you can just choose to let it fade away and maybe pick it up somewhere down the road when this is, is gone by the wayside. I mean, are those the alternatives that you're facing? Do you have a choice in that situation? You do have a choice in that situation, and uh, you'll often get popular advice saying that you know you should talk these things yeah. over. Um, but the research that we've done shows that people are actually very reluctant to talk things over in friendships. So if you ask people, what do you do if there is a conflict or an area of disagreement in a romantic relationship, people will say, talk about it, have an open discussion, try to find solutions. When it comes to friendships, people tend to be very passive. They're so reluctant to talk it over. So there tend to be two paths within the passive approach. One is to, that we think of as being a little more positive to just kind of hang in there and hope that things will improve and kind of get back to normal. And then the other approach, which is we think of as being more negative, is to just kind of withdraw from the friendship and ignore the other person. Um, But where the differences lie in terms of really core values I think it's pretty difficult to bridge that gap. I think you're right. I think in some instances, and you mentioned some of the ones around the pandemic, um, you're you're not going to talk that out. You're just, you're not. I I firmly believe it's not possible, not in all cases, but in many, it's just, there's, there's no common ground to even start a conversation, Beverly. Yes. If you can't find common ground to start that conversation, I think it's going to be really difficult to keep that friendship going. Um, The only hope for that kind of friendship, I would say, is if you have other areas of similarity where you see eye to eye on other issues. Um, Also, if it's a friendship that you've invested in, if you've spent years in this friendship, you've given emotional energy to it, you've been there for each other. So if you have that kind of long history where you really have been there for each other, it might, it's more likely that you could bridge the gap, but um, I'm not overly optimistic uh, when it comes to conflicts over fundamental values that people can work that through with their friends. Yeah, and it's, I guess you can't make a recommendation a blanket recommendation because you have to be you have to know that relationship right Beverly you have to know what sort of restrictions there are and what sort of flexibility you have to bring up some of these issues yeah so I think what's important to then tune in to to focus on okay what's the history of our friendship what have we shared Uh, do we think we can just agree to disagree on this issue but even that requires a conversation and um, I was mentioning earlier in our research shows that people are very reluctant to bring up issues in friendships and 
then we've asked the question, well, what do you think would happen if you did bring up an issue of disagreement? And people seem to think the issue wouldn't be resolved. And that's interesting because when you ask those same questions, but with respect to a dating relationship Mm -hmm. or a spouse, people will say, oh, yes, if you talk it over, that's the only way it's going to get resolved. And we do not hold those same expectations for friendships. We don't want to bring up conflict issues, and we don't think that it's going to solve the problem if we do. I'm I'm wondering, Beverly, is there a lesson to be learned there then in in sort of... I don't know. Um, I don't know if I making a mountain out of a molehill is the right analogy, but in terms of just, you know what, sometimes it's better to just leave it lie. It, it, maybe that'll work out for you in all relationships, in some cases. In some cases, and yeah, and, and even though you were just saying in all relationships, um, we're finding in the research on romantic relationships that it's probably better not to have a big intense discussion over every single issue so before raising issue you might want to ask yourself like is this one important is is this an issue that matters enough to me to initiate this conversation and things that aren't so important it's probably better just to let them go so that your whole relationship doesn't become one intense discussion after the other and in the realm of friendships um yeah, you might just have to walk away just to just leave it as much as I hate to give that advice. But it's just we know from the research how reluctant people are to discuss these kinds of yeah, issues. Sure. And and if you go into it not feeling optimistic that anything will be resolved, um, probably things won't be resolved. Interesting discussion. Beverly, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, a pleasure, Shay. Yeah, um, and I'm just so delighted to hear about your own friendship. Yeah, it's great. It's it's, fan- I, it, it's one of the blessings in life, no doubt about it. Thanks, Beverly. Absolutely. Yes, have a good day. You too. That's Beverly Thanks. Fair, who is a professor in social psychology at the University of Winnipeg.